Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sam Beam, and I am so glad that you have joined me today on our third episode of uh, Ways That Our Preteens Are Changing Because of Culture, because of what they're experiencing and seeing and hearing. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about how they're growing too fast, right? Uh, social media and uh, cultural shifts and uh, the, just the cultural exposure in general is is growing our preteens and, and what was uh, usually issues revolved for high school are, are leaking down into our preteens. Uh, last week we talked about how they're seeing too much. Um, they are uh, seeing things online and hearing things in person that are um, way too advanced for their age. Um, and today... Uh, we're going to be looking at how culture is teaching our preteens to look inward um, and look at themselves in a different light that is um, that has just come along with our generation um, and what our generation believes about who we are. Um, and, and there's like, you know, uh, uh, with any cultural belief, there's always hints of truth to it that, that grasp people. Um... But we're going to break down how uh, those cultural ideas have uh, really affected our, our preteens. But before that, uh, this is the last week you have now before Megacon. Kidman Megacon is in Nashville, Tennessee, and it is an amazing conference that I think you would love to go to. And I would love if you went to because you would get to meet me. Uh, but it is a time for training, refreshment, new ideas, meeting new people, and seeing the resources that you have available for yourself. So I strongly encourage you to go check that out. It is a uh, overall great opportunity, um, and it is worth every penny that you spend. Um, all the uh, resources, all the uh, stuff you need will be down below in the show notes. So go ahead and check that out. Um, it is definitely worth it. Uh, but like I said, today we're uh, looking at preteens uh, and the things that they are doing uh, or the things that culture are doing inwardly towards them uh, that are affecting and changing how they operate, right? Uh, I'll start this like I've been starting some of them, but but we see a difference in our preteens, and, and I don't know how much we're noticing or how much you're noticing as a leader, um, but I'm really, uh, I think since I'm so close to the preteen years, I am 23, let me clarify, I'm not like 15, um, but since I was so close, right, that was 11 years ago for me. I was a preteen, I was 12 years old. Um, I am close enough removed from that, that, that I would think that they are experiencing and should be acting in similar ways to me. You know, like we're in the, I, we're the same generation. We're Gen Z. We're both Gen Z. I'm the upper end of Gen Z and they're towards the lower end of Gen Z, but they are experiencing way different things. And so like I found myself a few months ago, just scratching my head thinking, what are these kids facing? Um, that is is affecting them in such an intense way. And so we looked at it, and like I said, we looked at how they're growing too fast and seeing too much. And uh, now uh, we're tell we're looking at how they're being taught to to look inward, right? To look into their hearts. Now, um, any of us know, uh, you know, as followers of Jesus, we know that looking inwards is probably not the best idea. Samuel's inward thoughts and desires are, dang, I really want to go to bed. And I probably want to play some video games before I do that. And I don't want to talk to anybody. That, if Samuel followed his heart, 
be exactly where he was. But that's not a good idea. But our preteens don't know this, and they're being exposed in so many different areas. Um, so uh, I, I got four different ideologies that I've heard, um, and uh, we'll look at some examples of these um, in, in culture today. Uh, but the first one is be yourself. Now, here's the thing. I, I said this earlier. Uh, all of these have these hints of truth um, in them that I think are, are, are things that we should not, like, like we're not going to overreact and and do something crazy. Like, I think telling a kid, be your authentic self um, is good, right? Being yourself is being yourself is good, right? You don't want to pretend to be somebody else. You don't want to, um, yeah, right? Like, we don't want to be picking up somebody else's personality, right? We don't want to be pretending to be a social media influencer. And so I think uh, part of that is good, right? Be your authentic self. Uh, there's an app out now, um, and, and here's my little culture plug to tell you that I'm still relevant, but uh, we see this in culture with this, uh, this, oh gosh, what's it called? Sorry, I just learned about it the other day. I'm, I'm such a poser. I have no idea what it was <laughs> until the youth pastor started using it, uh, but it's called Be Real. Um, and it is, uh, it's a social media where kids will, uh, or I guess everybody, once time a day, everybody on the app will get a notification at the same time. And what they have to do, if you don't know, is they all stop and they'll take a selfie and they'll take a picture with their front camera to show where they are and what they are doing. Um, and, and that's kind of the mantra. Be yourself. Be real. Be the real you. Um, but, but the reality is this comes at a cost because what it ends up conveying is that um, uh, be you to the point that um, – changing or anything like that is not good, right? Um, you know, uh, people, the way that Christianity is being viewed these days is that it's just this legalistic old school idea that you have to change yourself and become this rule-following, rule-abiding person. And so what's going on is that this be-yourself movement um, is causing our preteens to stop and think, uh, do like is Christianity is my faith affecting the real me and 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 like I said we as like real Jesus like authentic Jesus followers know that that no it our religion is not about following the rules right it is about the relationship that we have with Jesus um, and the rules are to protect us from the consequences of whatever breaking those rules is right uh but but this be yourself this don't change don't conform don't don't bend to what everybody else is saying ideology uh is causing a lot of preteens because they're experiencing this online and on social media and on entertainment like i covered in the first two weeks um they're experiencing this this idea that you should be yourself and don't let anybody stop you from doing that and so uh, Christianity and our religion uh, begins to look like a, uh, a oppressive parent, right? Uh, or a ruling dictator in the life of a preteen. And, and if, if they're not careful, it can lead to issues. And the reality is most preteens aren't going to be making a determining um, choice of their faith 
But statistics do show uh, that preteens, by the time they're about 12 or 13, have made up their mind on their faith and where they're going to go with the rest of their life. And so we're looking at the tail end um, for some of you, fourth or fifth grade, um, but, you know, around sixth grade, a preteen, and I've noticed this in, in attendance and in, in involvement, a preteen has decided where they really want to be. And so uh, we have to watch out for these ideologies. So be yourself is the first one. Be the authentic you and don't let any Anybody else stop you? Uh, here's our second one, um, and this one is uh, our Disney classic, Follow Your Heart. This one has been around for a while, uh, and I think um, it is not like, you know, the most dangerous ideology, and we can't watch Disney, right? I love Disney. Disney's great. Moana stellar great one i love those songs <laughs> but we have to be careful with that ideology and it's it's not just disney that is um you know expressing that you know i, I think a lot of people when you hear like a a typical cheesy like speech for winning award is like i just followed my dreams and i followed my heart and i knew that if i did that it would become a reality it's like no your dad was really rich and that's not how that no um but uh, this idea to follow your heart is is perfect permeating into our preteens and and once again we as grown-ups as people who have experienced life my heart does not does not want good things sometimes sometimes my heart really wants to flick off the guy that just cut me off in traffic right like sometimes my heart really wants to say a really mean thing to somebody who upset me like my heart is not a great thing and so like, we just know that, that that idea of following your heart is not a good idea. But our preteens are like, yeah, I'm going to follow what feels right. And, and you know, that's not what feels right. It's not always what is right. And so uh, they're, they're kind of soaking in that ideology and that idea. And it is, you know, leading them to, to make choices that they think are right, um, but are really just misguided attempts at, at, at life. And so um, that is really difficult. Uh, to counter there. Uh, number four is the uh, you do you mentality. This one has really become a staple piece of the American culture, especially. We're so individualist, we're so focused on ourselves. Um, so we have this you do you mentality, which means uh, what your truth is your truth as long as it doesn't harm anybody else, right? What you believe is fine as long as what you believe doesn't bother or hurt anybody else, right? Like if you want to uh, believe that, you know, aliens have really like come and started to, uh, you know, infect people's minds and some people are lizards uh, living in human flesh, that's all good. You do that. You do you, as long as whatever your belief system doesn't infringe on me and it doesn't infringe on, uh, you know, harming others, right? And this is no sort of uh, political or any sort of statement in that regard. But this idea of you do you, uh, whatever makes you happy, um, is, 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 is a cultural staple for America and so like we can obviously see the negative ramifications there of like uh, as long as uh, what I believe is right 
doesn't harm anybody or bother anyone, I can do whatever I want, right? As long as, you know, everyone else is watching pornography and it doesn't seem to really be bothering them, then why is it something that I can't do, right? As long as uh, people are having these conversations, saying these things or talking about these topics, right? As long as it's not really harming anybody, like it's fine that I'm doing it. It's not bothering anyone. And so our preteens are exposing themselves to that and getting this idea that, that they can have these conversations and say these things and see these things and do these things. And as long as it's not really harming anybody, it won't matter. And and we can obviously see the detriment there. And then last but not least, I've talked about it before, um, but the what's in it for me mentality Um like I've said before, but uh, preteens especially are now this target um, as they grow up for all of this content and advertising and everything where they're being taught to see themselves as their own brand, right? When social media and phones took over, um, we became the product, right? We became the product of of technology and phones, right? Uh, how many of you, when you open up YouTube, how many ads do you have to sit through before you can watch it? Or uh, you're scrolling Facebook, how many uh, are you are tired already of all the political ads that roll through? Or uh, every time, you know, like you watch Hulu and you got 20 minutes of ads to watch your 10-minute TV show. We are the product. We are being constantly bombarded with all of these things. And so media and social media and the internet wants us to view ourselves as that product. And so we have to think, all right, well, if I'm doing these things, what am I getting out of it, right? What am I going to get? What's in it for me, right? And you can imagine this mentality towards faith is what's in it for me. If I'm going to follow your rules, all right, if I'm going to come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and listen to your message, what's in it for me? What am I getting out of this, right? Candy? Sure, that sounds great, but it's like, what's in it, you know? And so these four ideas are really permeating into the idea, uh, into preteens, and it is causing this whole shift in how they view church and how they view uh, what they're doing. And so uh, what church used to be cannot be what it is today because the cultural change, right? Like I made the example in the first one, you cannot uh, look at early 2000s youth ministry and think, ah, I can do it just like that. Because you would be sued so fast. There are crazy stories of what crazy people did in the 90s and 2000s in youth group. So we cannot take the model and not grow with the church. Uh, or grow with the culture. Grow the church with the culture. And so let's look at ways that we as leaders uh, can look at these things that these preteens are hearing and, and absorbing into their worldview. Now we can counter them. And the first and uh, really... Uh, all of this is just ideas that we can teach and have included in all of our um, all of our lessons and, and to talk with parents. And I think the first thing is inform parents and make sure parents are in the know. Like we talked about last week, like parents don't know everything. And so make sure that they know um, sort of what the preteens are facing, what they're experiencing. Um, uh, I, I, the, I, the next one is to, um, is to really be who... Uh, God called you to be. We want to call preteens to be who God called them to be, right? If we're looking at the idea of be yourself and follow your heart and you do you, right? Be yourself, do your thing, like whatever it is. But no, it's, we've been called to be different. We've been called to be set apart. 
and we need to make sure that that message is preached constantly, uh, especially to those that we know are believers, right? Those kids that we've baptized and we've watched grow in faith. It's like we want to be preaching that message to them that it's like you're not called to be like culture. You're not called to be like what people think you should be like. You are called to be a child of the Most High God, and you need to be reminded of that like every single week. You are called to do big things, and you can do big things, right? In God's spirit, right? So the first thing we need to do is constantly remind our preteens to be who God called them to be. The next one is uh, instead of following your heart, we need to follow God's heart, right? And that just sounded like a really great, like cheesy, like I feel like I should have had like a cheesy analogy as a youth pastor before that. Um, some Disney, but in, in, anyways, uh, we need to follow God's heart, uh, and we need to follow what he is asking us, uh, to follow, right? And so for our preteens, it's, it's, we really have to teach them how to hear and how to see God's heart for them, right? What does that look like? What does it look like to have God's heart and follow his heart? Because a preteen's like, you know, they're, they're being pulled every which way. They're being told to follow this person or follow that person or follow this idea or follow this trend. And it's like, but what does it look like to stop and just listen to God's heart? We need to teach them that. And here's the reality is we as adults are no different than these preteens. We're facing these same things. And, and so I'm sitting here getting convicted of myself, right? Where am I taking time to follow God's heart? Because if we're not doing that, then how would we call our preteens? And so we as leaders need to be doing that. And we need to be teaching our preteens how to follow God's heart. And then last but not least, um, I don't necessarily advocate catering towards the ideologies that these preteens are facing. Um, but with the question of what's in it for me, how we fix that is we tell them, right? What is in it for you? What will you get when you follow Jesus? Uh, I think we often underestimate the power of a testimony um, in the lives of somebody. Um, and I think we all have people with uh, great testimonies, whether it is a dramatic conversion experience on a mountaintop or a leader that went to church all their life and really discovered what faith was later, right? Um, I think uh, we need to do a better job as a church of really showing people what's in it. Uh, and this is, this is, oh, oh, I could go on a whole nother rant about this, but I'm not going to keep you too long. Uh, but if we're really trying to tell preteens what's in it for them, we as a church need to be showing the love and the grace and the kindness of Christ in all that we do, right? The church has such a negative connotation these days because of some of the hypocritical um, and, and downright just wrong things that the church has done. Uh, saying that, you know, we need to carry peace and love, but being a church of, of hatred and division sometimes. And so, like, if we want these preteens to look at the church and think, I want to be a part of that, then we need to be a church of love and of grace and of goodness, a church that constantly applauds those who are bringing Christ first and uh, humbling themselves, right? And so, uh, share testimonies, share what God's done in your life, and and show what God does, but ultimately in your actions and in what you do and what you say, uh, be that presence. Once again, 
feel like this is a lot. I feel like I could almost like break down each individual subsection in these into a whole podcast and really talk about the depth and the meatiness of them. Um, but I hope that this was helpful again for you. Uh, like I said, I will be your guinea pig, your tech savvy guinea pig who's on social media and online and kind of seeing these ideologies. And I hope that hearing these stated um, helps you understand why a preteen is acting the way that they are, right? They're acting defensive or they're acting withdrawn or they're acting prideful and arrogant because they're being fed these ideas of you do you and you be you, follow your heart and, and do what's in it for you, right? Do it only if it benefits you. And so I hope that that's helpful, um, that you can look into that and that you can take some of these ideas and apply them into your ministry. So with that, thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to see you guys next week with our full episode. Bye.